What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. Your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday right here on twitch.tv slash what's good games at 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. For her very first What's Good Games Live. Yeah. Super exciting. My real job took the week off. Woo. But I filled her schedule with other things. Yes, She's she very did. excited about it. <laughs> and Brittany Brombacher is here. Hello. I'm always here. <laughs> That's true. And we have very special guest, Elise Willems from Funhouse. Hey, thanks so much, <gasps> much for having me. I feel super excited that Steimer's here. That's like a special occasion. It is. <gasps> That's a big deal. I'm it's excited true. that you're here. So you can just be excited about each other. I mean, the two of you want to do the show. That's cool. We can just, like, Andrew and I can just peace out. And you can just talk about how excited yeah, you are. have the Steimer at least. Hey, if you want to run all of the production and put all of the notes together, you are more than welcome to do the Elites and Steimer show. Uh, right, right. Maybe like <laughs> we'll discuss offline. <laughs> I, I will say well, though that Brittany and I, in the like the brief moment when when we were getting the show set up, and or Andrea, I should say Andrea was getting the show set up, not us at all. And and uh, you couldn't hear us. We did rebrand the show to be What's Dog Games? Yeah, um, a show mm. about dog news and commentary. You know, why, why not just What's Good Dogs? They're all That's, good dogs. <laughs> It's going to be great. We're going to put our dogs in the chair, put the microphone up to them, and we're just going to let them run a podcast. I think it sounds great. Thanks. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, And if you guys are joining us live in the chat, first off, thank you so much for joining us. I see a lot of familiar faces that were in the chat with Steimer and I as we were having some utter shenanigans yesterday (laughs) during my belated birthday stream. Lots of fun clips if you guys want to see some of those. I tweeted one of the funnier ones, that PSWE clip. Thank you so much, PSWE. I see you in the chat. Hello. And um, we do have just a slight um, audio sync issue with them coming in on Skype. We're going to get that fixed, of course, for podcast and YouTube. But but thanks for bearing with us. We were just having a few internet chugging issues this morning, but yes. we have lots of news to get to. But before we do that, we want to quickly run over just a couple of announcements. Uh, if you guys missed the news, one Rihanna Manuel and I are going to be streaming the entirety of Halo, the Master Chief Collection. We are making our way through Combat Evolved right now, and those streams are going to be Monday nights starting at 5 p.m. Pacific time, including today. So hopefully you guys will join us for our Halo playthroughs in the lead up to to Halo Infinite. And then, of course, I'm going to... I decided to rebrand my Wednesday stream to just Afternoons with Andrea because I realized that there's going to be probably lots of games that I want to play that aren't just Animal Crossing. That's fair. So <laughs> instead of having to be Andrea's Animal Crossing afternoon, it'll be Afternoons with Andrea, and then you know I'll let you guys know which game I'm going to be playing. But that's going to be fun. So that's continuing Wednesdays at 1 p.m. This Wednesday specifically, it's going to start just a teeny bit later because I'm taking part in a hands-on preview event that I can't tell you about yet. But I'll tell you about it soon when the embargo is up. And then, of course, we are getting special guest Rebecca Valentine on the show. She was supposed to be on the show last week, had a little bit of a scheduling change because of the state of play. But she will be on the show this week. So once again, if you have questions for her, whatsgoodgames.com slash DearWGG. And of course, that is a great place to drop questions you have for Elise as well. We will be monitoring the chat. But as you guys know, sometimes it's difficult to keep up with all of the emotes, like the butts that Yasman is once again throwing into the chat. All the butts. <laughs> all of the all butts. All of the butts. There were a lot of dogs earlier, though. So there were. That's my two people. Hey, oh, I love them so much. <laughs> oh, yes. Derp Reb. Uh, Brittany, did I miss anything? I think I got everything. You got it. You nailed it. Like a hammer to a nail. What? Excellent. Yeah. So, Elise, for people who may not know you, I obviously said that you're from Funhouse, but Elise and I had the pleasure of working together during our stint at Game Trailers, so at least part of the longtime Game Trailers team, many of which who went on to found Easy Allies, if you guys are familiar with that channel. But we got to work on a show that you produce called Ladies in the Lobby. That's still one of my favorite projects I've ever been a part of. Uh, I was, was, you were amazing in it, by the way. Um, Aw, thanks. Because it's a lot of that, that show, which was kind of a we love video games in the style of a VH1, you know, we love the 90s or whatever. Um, and it was very anecdotal and your stories were all super fun and funny and, and some really heartfelt ones too, just because of your relationship with gaming. But, uh, my one regret with that, that show was that we didn't get all of those ladies together talking, which at the time it was like a scheduling thing and a, and a whole, you know, 
it was already a little bit ambitious to get everyone involved. But you guys, I feel like What's Good Games is the like the the dream realized. <laughs> Of that, of the like, spiritual successor. Having, <laughs> we're having cool women talking about games together. Um, but yeah, I, I started at Game Trailers and uh, worked there for three years, four, four years. And um, and then came to Funhouse and Rooster Teeth, where we do mostly comedy, comedy focus, not as much news focused, which is why doing something like this with you guys is really fun. So I don't get to do it that much. Flexes those old news muscles. <laughs> But you yeah. appear on Inside Gaming from time to time, though, right? Yeah, back when I was the no, I would occasionally stand in and write episodes if the regular writer was out. Um, but not too, not too much on Inside Gaming, though. I really love that channel, and I really, really love everybody that's that's working there. They're like they're like fun, and they they're young, and they know memes that I've never heard of in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude. So I can I, relate to that. Yes. <laughs> it's like a half like gaming news, half meme. Uh, source for me. But. Meme source. Yeah, thanks so much for having yeah. me. Absolutely. And the people in the chat are pointing out that there is a secret James behind you because we can just see the tuft of the top of his hair. <laughs> yeah, you guys all got a, a big dose of James in our uh, Funhouse Feud video. You got to, oh, you got to yes. list all your favorite things about James. Oh, that was so funny. I felt that was a great time. I felt so embarrassed when he was do- doing that. I, honestly, I think that there are like really wonderful ga- things about James, obviously. But I was like, why is he subjecting them to this? Like, they don't know this. I, for the I, comedy, like, I guess this isn't like a fun, charming thing for them. You know? <laughs> you we came up with some good answers, though. Nerds. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, I thank you. And if you guys did miss that episode of Funhouse Feud where we appeared and competed against some of the ladies from Funhouse, you can check out, of course, at youtube.com slash funhouse. And we will put that link in the show notes if you guys missed that episode. It's it's a fun one. Definitely recommend if you want to get angry about foods that people eat with their hands. And things yes. they don't do with their hands, like wash them. Yeah. <laughs> Our audience yeah. loved you guys. Um, oh, like good. Kid. I always get nervous when we have guests, but it was pretty universal. Yay. That's awesome. Well, shout out to Ree for organizing that with you Mm -hmm. and for getting it all set up. I'm really glad that you guys were able to make that happen. It was really fun. Yeah. We got to do it again. We have other game show stuff if y'all are interested. Oh, yes. We're ready. We love a good game show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Um, But for now, why don't we get into the news? We will chat more with Elise later on in the Dear WGG segment of the show. Brittany, do you want to kick us off with this Microsoft story? I don't want to kick anything, but I will read the story. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Microsoft new Xbox Series X console confirmed and leaked controller packaging via The Verge. Microsoft is rumored to be unveiling its second cheaper next-gen Xbox console this month, and it looks like it will definitely be called Xbox Series S. The Verge has obtained photos of Microsoft's new next-gen Xbox controller in white, complete with packaging that mentions the Xbox Series S. Twitter user Zach S. was able to purchase the controller today, and we've confirmed it's genuine. The new controller was sold on a resale site today, and the site of the packaging notes that the controller works with Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S consoles. Microsoft has not officially unveiled an Xbox Series S yet, nor has the company even confirmed a white Xbox Series X controller. A mysterious white Xbox Series X controller also appeared online last month, complete with the new D-pad, textured triggers, and new share button. This leak matches the previous controller leak, and retail packaging suggests that this could be appearing in store soon. Quote, we have a lot in store for Xbox in 2020 and can't wait to share with you, says a Microsoft spokesperson in a statement to The Verge. However, we have nothing to announce at this time. So if you look on your Twitter, well, my Twitter timeline in particular, and I'm sure yours as well, there are just a lot of videos of these controllers being unboxed and touched and flipped around, and I'm not sure where they're... Hmm. We're watching one right now. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not sure where they're all exactly coming from. I thought I had read something about stores being looted. um, And the thought is maybe they were in stock at that Best Buy that was being looted. Who knows? Because the rumored release... There was a rumor that the Series S was going to come out in August, I believe. So if that was to be believed, or maybe it's gotten pushed back. Anyway, there's some rumored evidence that these controllers could be in stock at stores. Who could say? But if you look at the controller itself, at least I think you actually have an Elite controller on your desk, don't you? Because the D-pad for this new one looks very similar to that. I mean, at least it does it from this photo. 
and there is a share button in the middle. And other than that, it looks incredibly similar. Doesn't it does, which is fine yeah. with me. Honestly, I don't, I don't mind that. I'm happy the Dual Shock is give, getting a makeover because that, that controller has always kind of made my hands cramp after too long. But the Xbox controller, I have no issues with. It's actually why it's my preferred console to play on because I find the controller so much more comfortable. Yeah, I yeah. broke my hand in twenty in two thousand and ten. And prior to that, I really liked the PlayStation controller because it was smaller. I have small hands. But mm-hmm. since my, like, my hands kind of changed, uh, I find the Xbox, like, much more con- comfortable. Like, I don't yeah. know. So there's something about it that just works better for me now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this controller looks great. I mean, I love the white. I think the D-pad is something I might have to get used to, but I know it's something that I think a lot of gamers, particularly, you know, more esports-focused players want those you know those little side pieces between the Mm -hmm. d-pad to do specific move sets on um it is weird that there's so many of them out in the wild and like that one person posted that they bought one on offer up for 35 dollars what and i was like a great deal i was like that's a steal for any controller let alone a a controller for an unreleased console wow maybe that was somebody who (laughs) didn't know what they had yeah Yeah. and they were just like it's an xbox controller it's a hot controller i stole this and need to offload it quickly (laughs) pretty much i mean i feel like that is when you know it's stolen merchandise is someone selling it for 30 (laughs) dollars on some weird website you're just like sure i'll take that they just think it's probably the uh current xbox controller because they look so similar but then part Mm -hmm. of me wonders like are you buying oregano here you know is that (laughs) (laughs) someone just like take an xbox controller and then you know crack it open do some modifications externally so to try to cheat a unreleased controller um, or is it like is putting it, a button on is, is it like pretty a, extensive? Yeah, is it, is it just a fabricated thing? They they did some some modifications to like and make up that story. I don't know. Um, oh, it's, it's so interesting funny. for people who aren't familiar with what OfferUp is. It's essentially like a Let's Go or a Craigslist where you post pictures and then people in your vicinity can you know buy items from you. And I've seen some very suspicious television posts on there before like come to my garage where i have all of these tvs and boxes that you can buy for just a couple hundred dollars and i'm like that feels like you took that off of someone's truck somewhere (laughs) it just fell off i didn't take anything (laughs) so Um, but i think that this is oh sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna say the back of the box there are also photos of that if anyone's interested the d-pad is just described as refined yet familiar input nothing really great there and the share button capture and share content seamlessly and then it goes on about how there's Xbox wireless and Bluetooth support and the textured grip. And that's kind of it. That's all I was going to say. Also, don't forget it supports USB-C and batteries, which I really like. Because I forget to charge my controllers Finally. all the time because I'm an ass. So while I appreciate the USB-C, I like the battery support. They're like a lifeline. I, I, I'm with you. I, I feel like that is something that's great. But I think that we're just at a point now, especially with sustainability, that we need to move away from using double A's in controllers, especially if they have a USB-C, that technology is known for being able to keep a charge longer. Think about the charge that you get on a Nintendo Pro controller versus the charge you get on either the Xbox or the PlayStation controllers. I feel like I only have to charge my Pro controller like every couple of days versus if yeah. I do one big session with my DualShock. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> it lasts maybe three to four yeah. hours before I have to plug it in. So I, I'm hoping, like, I, I appreciate your point of view that you're like, oh, my battery dies and I only have that one controller and I don't have a cable that's long enough. Then I can just put some batteries in. But I have a giant plastic bag where I keep all of my dead batteries before I bulk take them for battery recycling because you're not supposed to put batteries in the trash, which a lot of people don't know. And I think that it just encourages people to keep using, you know, wasteful things that are harmful to the environment. But just my two cents. Yep. I yes. instinctively plug in the DualShock after every time I use it because I don't trust it to hold a charge ever. Um, I, I love the texture on the Elite. Yes. Like, I think it's great. I'm super happy about that. And I think everything should be type C. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. I, and maybe it's because I'm on Android. And so I like having all of my... My wires, I you know, can just have like one setup to charge, but I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. Well, a lot of the Mac stuff is going to Type C now too, which I'm definitely a fan of. Like, I have my MacBook here on set that is all Type C 
plugs. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm down for Type-C. I would love to get universal USB standardization <laughs> if that's a That'd pipe dream that ever was. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so um, so we'll keep an eye on this. I'm assuming that we'll probably get an official statement from Microsoft at some point because they seem to be just floating rampantly through the wild. Yeah, yes. But um, our next story is something that has been rumored for quite some time. And now we finally have confirmation about Rocksteady's new game. And it's coming during DC fandom. So they put out a teaser. And I'm going to just read the recap from IGN. Batman Arkham series developer Rocksteady has announced that it is working on on a Suicide Squad game and will announce further details on August 22nd as part of DC Fandom, DC Comics Digital Fan Event. Rumors arose last month with a suggestion the game's full name might be Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, although the poster art featured in the announcement tweet says Suicide Squad. The logo, however, is arranged as a crosshair over Superman's head, so it certainly looks like the squad have it out for the league. Now, that's just... A super smash melee I'd like to play oh, out. I meant to cut that game. part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. So let me show you guys um, what this what this means. But what do we think about it being a Suicide Squad game? I think I was more surprised that they just randomly tweeted this because again mm-hmm. I, I tweet I quote tweeted it and I was just like I really thought this was a movie and so I just kept scrolling past it because I didn't realize it was Rocksteady at mm-hmm. first because I was tired. I was just like that half morning, <laughs> you know, half awake is scrolling through your timeline. I was like, oh, another Suicide Squad movie, whatever. Scroll, scroll. And then I keep seeing people in my timeline talking about it. And then I notice, I'm like, wait, Rock City? Wait, what? <laughs> wait, did they announce their game? Like, on what? With the freaking Twitter post that looks like a movie poster? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm with you that it kind of was an interesting way to do it. But I... I'm going to admit, I'm not that hype about this. I've never been much of a Suicide Squad fan. I thought the movie was fine. I know a lot of people hated it. It's very divisive, like a lot of the DC movies are. I was just really looking forward to Rocksteady working on something original, but knowing that they're underneath the Warner Brothers Interactive umbrella, I'm sure that that's tougher for them to do with the sheer amount of IP that Warner Brothers controls and owns. I'm sure they're like, yo, we already own this stuff. It will cost less if you just use this. Well, I mean, cost less than air quotes. <laughs> um, that's probably pretty relative. But, um, Elisa, are you a big DC fan? I, I mean, I am. I don't, like, purport to be sort of a, like die hard kind of you know 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 everything about every ip but i was definitely like intrigued to see this also i keep pronouncing it as dc fandom i'll, I'll i don't know why oh, me too me, me too yeah it's yeah i'm yeah. Of it, but uh in, in my mind i'm like dc fandom it, august 20 that's what i I'll that's what i'm saying yeah it is fandom that's yeah, right yeah and i think that's correct oh, okay. oh i thought it was dc fandom too yeah, I, 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 I thought saying, i was I'm just sure saying it wrong like, I thought it was just like a, words, a cheeky but, thing, yeah. but then yeah. I, yeah. I emphasize it. Um, for me, I do think like a new Batman game would have generated a just wild response and huge buzz if it was specifically like we're continuing with a new Arkham game, especially given the kind of drought that we've had in terms of Batman and cinema over the last several years and Batman and gaming. It just feels like it's about time. Uh, if this is really, you know, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League no doubt Batman's going to be involved in some way. Or I could even see just, you know, we're going to get that Batman cameo or level or appearance if it is strictly Suicide Squad. Um, the image, I'm like kind of with Steimer on this, like it's not lackluster, but it just gave me a little bit of a pause um, <laughs> because it's not it's not the most like compelling of images, kind of, you know, white background, Superman Superman, who hasn't really had an iconic presence in gaming since probably the N64. Um, <laughs> so it's it, it kind of like raised a lot of question marks for me. And also, yeah, we have that Suicide Squad like kind of remake coming out already, movie. And so it's like, what you know, what's happening? Why are we doing this? Are people really that, like, do people really care that much about Suicide Squad that any of these properties are supposed to get us excited? I don't know. I do think that, uh, you know, hopefully Rocksteady has some cool mechanics in their pocket because I do think the detective aspect of the Arkham games is by far, like, the most interesting aspect of them. Like, that's just me personally valuing that over the action. Uh, but I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. I think this could be really cool, but I also think this is probably going to lean more toward uh, Marvel's Avengers 
in terms of gameplay versus an old Batman Arkham game because obviously with Suicide Squad you get I'm more excited to see first of all who they select for their Suicide Squad because yeah. there's been so many different members Killer Croc um, they, but they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like that could be so much fun to play with. Like, I really do think Rock City could have something special here, um, and it could be really interesting. Uh, everybody, I mean, well, not everybody. I really like Deathstroke. I hope he's in there. But like, um, and I also, I think like Harley Quinn was in the movie. Um, she could be really fun to just like fucking smash people with a hammer. Maybe you'll get the hyenas like coming out. Like there could be some really fun elements there. I think they led with Superman because of all the rumors of them doing a Superman game. I think that had to probably be like a, well, Hey guys, it's not Uh, a Superman game, but guess what? That's where all like the leaks came from that somebody saw some Superman art that is part of this justice league element of the suicide squad. I definitely think they should not call it kills the justice league. No, I don't think they will. No, I'm, I'm sure I'm confident that Warner brothers marketing team is smarter than that. That you never really want to use the word kill in a title of a video game, if you can avoid it (laughs) for a lot of obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. Um, even though there is a lot of violence in games, you kind of want to, you know, leave a little little mystery behind, but Um, um, I'm with you, Elise. I also think that they could have had a really amazing moment of announcing another Batman game in the Arkham vein. But I think that the rumors that I've been hearing about the team at rock City is that they were kind of done with Batman for a while. They're like, we we did our thing with Arkham. It was very good. And, I do hope that they take some of the combat elements that I thought were so phenomenally achieved in the Arkham series and a lot of games have taken inspiration from and bring that in. I had to imagine that they will, but how that's going to work in a potential multiplayer setting, I think is going to be exciting to see. For sure. Steimer, yeah. um, what was your reaction at the end of Justice League when they did that Joe Magnaniello death stroke <laughs> post-credit? Were you like... I mean... This is the Magnum Yellow we've been waiting to see. <laughs> Deathstroke in yellow. Yes. Daddy Deathstroke. <laughs> I mean... I mean, best part of the whole movie, actually. But props to you for saying his name. I don't even attempt uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping yeah. somebody else would. Um, yeah. <laughs> But on Arrow, actually, I really liked... I don't remember the actor's name who played Deathstroke on Arrow, but he was also really good. Um, So I'll take either of them. Wouldn't kick either out of bed, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) You just want a bad guy, right? Did you guys have time with the uh, Avengers beta? I played a little bit and talked about my impressions on last week's episode on the Friday show. Um, I didn't get a chance to play co-op and I'm hoping to jump in in the next weekend and play with some people to really kind of experience what that is like. But so far, it's a really fun game. I wasn't like wowed by everything I saw. It seems like a lot of pretty standard stuff. I think like some of the really cool moments are going to come for super fans of the Marvel universe and kind of seeing all the Easter eggs that Crystal Dynamics has kind of baked in, you know, via their partnership with the team at Marvel Games. So I think that that's going to be really fun for hardcore fans. But for someone like me, who's just more of an MCU fan, I went into it thinking this is going to be a fun time. And it was, but it, I, I think that there's just the bar has been set so unbelievably high for yeah. what we're supposed to expect, not only in multiplayer experiences, but in combat and in third person combat specifically. And then, of course, you know, in just pure graphical fidelity of what we're getting with games coming at the end of the console generation that we're currently at. And just looking at the games that have already been out this year, right, you know. Obviously, I think Tilu is in kind of a, a league of its own, and it is a wildly different game. But I think about even the game that I've been playing a lot of recently, Ghost of Tsushima, and just how fun the combat is in that game, and how pretty that game is in certain aspects. And I'm like, hmm, is Crystal Dynamics going to be able to live up to the hype of all of the other games around it that have coming out have come out over the last couple of years? And that's to be determined. Yeah. I d- also, Manu Bennett is the name of the guy who played Deathstroke. <laughs> it's all in the chat. They're like, it's Manu Bennett. It's Manu Bennett. Manu like, Bennett. Okay. <laughs> if you're watching, Have you- <laughs> call me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to play Elise? No, I, I didn't. But I, I have to feel like I, that game probably uh, relies a lot on multiplayer to really feel like a, like a fun game mm-hmm. and achieve what it wants. And I have to f- imagine that the justice or the suicide squad game is 
maybe going to excel the most in that if you're playing with your friends more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they designed the game that way as well, but it's tough when you want a game to be multiplayer focused and forward, but also don't want to leave everybody who wants to do single player behind, particularly since they have a whole set of missions that you have to play single player that you can only play by yourself. And then there's this other co-op side of it. It's, it's going to be an interesting split on how it all, how it all comes together and how they're going to manage it. When we were talking, you know, I showed Steimer some footage and he said it looked a lot like kind of what they were doing with DCUO and you know if they bring in some of that you know MMO kind of energy to it I think it could be a lot more successful yeah I was basically saying that it felt like I'm assuming that my Marvel's Avenger experience will be similar to how I felt about DCUO and that it didn't look very pretty (laughs) there were a lot of like sort of issues with the gameplay even sometimes it was just like a little bit haphazard but also just kind of fun to like go in there and dick around with your friends and just do a few raids or do a few um strikes or whatever yeah. and like, all right or if there's sure, like why not? yeah interesting like pve interesting events weekend events and stuff to keep it interesting i i might i'm yeah. definitely interested to play it uh but i i have to admit like just hearing people talk about it i'm like oh no like i hope that yeah. it, it takes an upswing Upswing. Yeah, me too. And I think a lot of that will come with, you know, as they optimize the game post-launch, doing beta. I'm glad they are doing three beta weekends. I think that's going to be really helpful for the team as far as balancing not only server load, but optimizing any potential multiplayer bugs that they run across. But as with any of these games, you know, as Fallout guys, Fallout guys? No, that's not right. I called it Fallout guys in the email. And then after I went, no, that's no. Why did I call it that? Yep. It's the side band to Fallout Boy. It's just you know, <laughs> <laughs> the sequel band. Fall or as VG stuff says in the chat, Fall Guys seventy six is the is the next crossover with Kevin. <laughs> yes. I think it's because it's Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and then I my oh, brain yeah. sometimes just like you know moves the words around. But they had obviously some some server issues and continue to have some like, like every game at multi at launch has with multiplayer. But yes, we will uh, we will keep tabs on that. Um, Brittany, yeah. you took some notes during the second episode of the Night City Wire for CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077, which was out this morning. Yeah, I thought it was out tomorrow, so that was a nice surprise to wake up to. I hustled out of bed, I put my contacts in, I sat my ass right in this chair and I watched it. And it was it was fine. I mean, there wasn't really any new information. I think what they're the approach they're taking with this, especially in the second episode, is to more familiarize people with what cyberpunk is and what the concepts are and why everyone's hyping this game up and what they're doing that's so special. So they, d- they deep dive into the life paths, the nomad, the street kid, the corpo, and they give a little bit of an overview. They showed maybe a few minutes from each uh, life path from the opening and say, okay, if you're a nomad, this is where you're going to start. And there was some never seen, never before seen footage of, you know, pe- nomads, for example, sitting around in a circle around a campfire because that's the, um, the life path where you're kind of on your own in the desert, a.k.a. the Badlands. So that was a thing. It was nothing crazy, nothing to get your skirt all blown up, you know, and it like obscures your face because your skirt's so blown up. It didn't do that for me. But then after that, big skirt, that had been a very big skirt, a maxi dress. And then they had Philip Webber there from the quest team. And again, he just talked more about the life paths and how your life path will affect your what what happens to you in the game. So in the beginning, you know, you're going to have certain dialogue options. And throughout the game, too, they really stress that you're going to continue to have different dialogue options depending on what path you chose. You know, so if you're a street kid, for example, you're more familiar with the lore of of Night City and you know how to wheel and deal and maybe a drug deal or something gone wrong. Or if you're a corpo, you know about the higher ups within like our soccer corporation, for example. So it'll give you give you additional tidbits of knowledge that you can use to your advantage. He talked about the Badlands and how you can visit these whether or not you're Nomad, because there were some questions about after the preview came out, well, can I visit the Badlands even if I don't start off as a Nomad? And the answer is yes. And there are quests that will take you out to the Badlands or you're free to explore them whenever you want. And then I gave a little information on a fixer named Padre, who's a guy in Haywood. Nothing crazy there, just a little bit more lore about the game and the different fixers that you'll come across and how different fixers control different areas. And they're the ones, for those of you who don't know, fixers are the people who act as liaisons between, let's say like Steimer has a problem. They're basically the quest givers. Kind of, yeah. Or Steimer has a problem. 
Yeah. I mean, kind of. Like, Laura, if you want to deep dive it, Simon would have a problem. She'd come to me. I'd be the fixer. I would seek out someone like Andrea, who is a, who is, you know, a cyberpunk. She would fix the deal. So, yeah, they're quest givers, but they kind of are trying to dig into the lore of, like, what they actually are and what they do. And then what I thought was interesting was um, Johnny Silverhand has a band named Samurai. And from the Wikipedia page, on July 2nd, 2019, it was announced that Refuse, which is a band, a Swedish hardcore punk band originating from Umea and formed in 1991. So knowing that, Refuse will be partnering with video games developer CD Projekt Red, creating and recording original music for upcoming video game cyberpunk. The members of Refuse will provide music for a fictitious band in the in-game universe, punk rock group Samurai, whose lead vocalist Johnny Silverhand will be interpreted by actor Keanu Reeves, blah, blah, blah. So essentially, yeah, they they showed some of that recording process of Refused recording the music for Johnny Silverhand, and they talked about what that experience was like. So if you're interested in that, you go go take a a watch, I suppose. It was funny, he was talking about how he's so used to shouting and doing his thing as he is, because he's the main vocalist, but they had... um, the I don't know what his title was, but the guy who's in charge of making sure that everything sounds right. And he's like, no, 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 your English accent isn't correct. So the singer was talking about how that was kind of a complicated and frustrating experience for him. But I thought it was pretty interesting. And there's actually now on Spotify a song available that you can listen to. I'm trying to find out what the name of it is. I can't find it. But there is one they out there. They have a few. They have like four songs that have released. This is the fourth song. Oh, I thought they said this was oh. the first one out there now and that they're coming out with three more later I on. They said there was three or what? whatever. There are going to be songs. They'll be out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a very, very. T- oh, here we go. It's called. Dimer should be doing promotion for. Uh, <laughs> She's just like, cut the bullshit. So the song I, is called A Like. It'll come out eventually. <laughs> the song is called You'll A Like it. Supreme. It's now on Spotify. And there's three more coming out. And I think she said one of them was called Ballad of the Butt Gravers. But I'm not sure. I think that would be an amazing oh, title if it was. beautiful song. Yeah. And then they just talked more about, can you imagine? Ballad of the Butt Gravers. <laughs> and then they went into the guns and the weapon mods and the different ways that works. And they just said episode three is coming soon. So, yeah, like there's nothing, again, like super groundbreaking. But I think, again, it's just them trying to familiarize people with what this game is and what they're trying to accomplish. It was like 25 minutes. Yeah, they basically reiterated a lot of information that they've already talked about. They just went slightly deeper and to show you specifics of how each of those different things would work or how they appear differently. Yeah, and it's good for those who maybe didn't watch all the preview coverage that came out. Was that last month? I feel like it kind of goes over all that, but like Simon said, just a little deeper. Can I ask you guys, do you know what life path you plan to pursue? Because it feels like a really stressful decision to me. (laughs) <laughs> that you don't want to make the wrong choice and then be stuck with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, then you're probably going to do anywhere from 50 to 100 hours of this life path, right? And if you want to do it again, you have to start from the beginning. So what I will probably do, because this is what I do for a lot of games, <laughs> is I will start one with each oh. and I will play through the beginning section of it and I will see which one I enjoy more, at least from that perspective. Obviously, it'll depend on, like, you know, as you go down the game, you'll see other stuff, but... I usually pick that way. I'm like, mm, either I like these characters, I don't like these characters, or I don't like at all what I'm doing right now. And then you kind of... Yeah, I might go corporate just because I like the idea of being in the middle of everything in the city and kind of having access to some of that more high-powered stuff. Um, I find that just a little bit more interesting as a player, but I can see uh, Fixer's the third one, right? No, corporate, no, so street nomad, kid, nomad, nomad, street kid, and the corporate. Oh, I mean, maybe street kid. No, no corporate feels like where I want to go. I feel corporate too. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do feel like you're at the epicenter as opposed to kind of being outside the conversation of the game, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think I'm going to do Nomad because I like the idea of experiencing Night City for the first time through V's eyes. I think that would be kind of fascinating. So I think for that perspective, I'll choose Nomad. Yeah, I, I can't imagine myself choosing corporate, but like I said, I'll probably play all three. I'm right now a little bit more torn between Nomad or, or Street Kid, mm. just because I feel like as the Street Kid, you'll have a lot more pull or like sway with a lot of the deals you'll end up doing in the game. Yeah. So that's the quote unquote benefit I could see there. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go Street Kid, Brittany goes Nomad, and I go corporate, we'll just have all the angles covered. That's true. Boom. Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> did it um, well as Britt mentioned if you guys want to f- check out the full details you can head to CD Projekt Red's website or their YouTube channel you can watch the whole episode of Night City Wire for yourself 
And now we get to talk about Apple once again. If you missed Friday's episode, it got a little spicy. Us talking about Microsoft and Apple and the beef that they currently have. And turns out lots of people have beef with Apple, <laughs> including Facebook, who people you know also love to have beef with. So this story is written up from The Verge, and it says that Facebook is joining Microsoft in condemning Apple's App Store policies. The social media company is launching its Facebook gaming app for iOS, primarily an app used to watch streamers play video games, but has had to remove the app's mini games feature to pass Apple's strict App Store approval process. Facebook isn't happy about the compromise. Quote, unfortunately, we had to remove gameplay functionality entirely in order to get Apple's approval of the standalone Facebook gaming app, meaning iOS users have an inferior experience to those using Android, said Cheryl Sandberg, Facebook's chief operating officer in a press statement given to The Verge. Quote, we're staying focused on building communities for more than the 300, 380 million people who play games on Facebook every month, whether Apple allows it in a standalone app or not. Facebook says that it has had the Facebook gaming app rejected multiple times by Apple in recent months. The company says that Apple has cited the App Store Guideline 4.7 to justify the rejections, claiming the primary purpose of the Facebook gaming app is to play games. Facebook has shared usage data from its Android Facebook gaming app that showed 95% of activity is primarily used to watch streams of games, much like Twitch is used on both iOS and Android. But of course, on Android, the app also includes a number of mini games from Facebook's Instant Games platform. That's what Apple won't allow. Apple is part of a number of U.S. tech companies currently facing potential antitrust action. The European Union has also opened up a formal antitrust investigation into Apple's App Store and Apple Pay practices. Mm, Apple beef. Yeah. Apple beef. I mean, this is not surprising. I think Facebook and Apple have squared off on multiple occasions. And, you know, Facebook wants its money, too. (laughs) <laughs> I honestly like I have no love for Facebook trying to go after Apple for money literally zero <laughs> zero love do not care Facebook like They're like oh let me let me play a, you have a subpar experience yeah. the exactly. smallest the smallest violin is playing a sad song for you right now <laughs> yeah I'm just like nobody cares Facebook yeah quiet. No. too bad they couldn't figure out their shit during their little antitrust hearing they were at they should have just like you know screwed it off right then and there but no Yeah. I mean, and people did bring up the antitrust stuff in the discussion that we had for Microsoft and Apple last week. And I would remind people that Microsoft has also been under the eye of the government for antitrust. So all of these companies, (laughs) Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, none of them are actually the good guy in this scenario. It's kind of funny. I feel like this is a really good movie in the making. You know, I'm like, are any big companies good guys? No, No. they aren't. They're all terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not rooting for anyone. I mean, and, and the... I guess the public language that Apple is using is that, well, we we like to vet all of our games that come to our platform. And this is a position and the same thing they're saying for Game Pass, where we can't vet these before they post to our platform because there's no system in place for that. But it's like, well, make a, make a system in place for that. If that's your issue and, you know, is there not a system in place that you could come to an agreement to vet these games before they come to your platform? It sounds like this is, yes, it's, it's coveting business practices and money um to not achieve that uh i I saw this note that you have here that uh the app is primarily used to watch streams and to me yeah like i mean this the easy solution to facebook would be well maybe it's two apps if you want your facebook mini games app make that app if you want your streaming app make that app i know it makes more sense to have all of your gaming features consolidated but Mm -hmm. like if you really want to exist on apple maybe that's the, a way to skirt this i don't know i don't know why i might be giving more like yeah, facebook, facebook tips. google and microsoft need to all get together and be like hey apple <laughs> let's figure out a way yeah, let's we'll pay out. you some like we'll pay for the system in place or whatever yeah. like i don't know you need to strike some sort of a business deal to figure it out well How there does, is a system in place like apple know, already a has a different one right i mean but like apple that's apple's point is like they're like we have a certification pipeline because if there's a game that is released onto the ios store it goes through that certification process and what their argument is is that these companies don't want to submit each of these games individually for certification yeah. in the pipeline because they want to be able to manage their catalog on their own without without always having to get 
Apple's approval, which I 100% understand. But what I would say to them is you own your own platform. Facebook has their own platform. Microsoft has their own platform. Maybe you just sell your games on your own platform instead of trying to sell it on Apple's platform. This is what it comes down to is that these companies don't want to give Apple a piece of the pie to sell on their platform. So instead of just saying, okay, you know, we tried. We'll just continue to sell our Microsoft games on our Microsoft platform and take all of the money, which is like, you feel like that's what you should do anyway. They want access to the hundreds of millions of users in the iOS ecosystem. And Apple's like, yeah, this is goes back to the point I said, and I'm not going to belabor it because I went into great detail <laughs> on Friday's <laughs> episode, is that Apple's like, yeah, no, we get it. We understand why you want access to these users, but you have to pay us for that and then use our pipeline. And you don't want to. Or you just don't sell games. Like, I don't know why Facebook doesn't just focus on the fact that Facebook gaming is meant to watch streams. Just like Twitch has focused on the fact that the Twitch iOS app is for people to watch streams and not buy games. If hey, you remember when Facebook <laughs> games were all the rage? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, that, that farming was a one? It's like Barnhouse. Yeah, the Farmville. late 2000s. Yeah. Farmville. Yeah, it was huge. Oh, Farmville. Farmville. I did like the SimCity one. The SimCity one was Words cool. with friends, anybody? Oh, <laughs> I... I love words with friends easily addicted can i just say it's it's interesting how my allegiance flips so quickly because of my like internalized biases because when it was when it was games pass and it was apple saying like no you like we don't you know microsoft won't subject themselves to our system so we're not going to allow it i was like god damn you apple like how could you do this to microsoft the people want games pass and then it's facebook i'm like facebook needs to get to step in like if they're not going to like I, I immediately was like, you know, it's I, true. I yeah, I, mean, I think we're going to see a lot yeah. of other companies. I don't know who else is trying to do this gaming cloud shenaniganry come forward because right now, you know, it's it, like you said, it's kind of like watching a whole bunch of bad guys beat up on each other. And it's kind of fun to like watch them stomp out of their pearly mansions and be like, oh, yes, now is the time to beat up on Apple. We're all going to talk shit about Apple. Yeah. Billions of dollars. And I yeah. think yeah, we're just seeing people try to do the same thing. They're like, yeah, and then we're, Apple's like, we're the this. little guy. Like, yeah, like we're the number two profit, most profitable company. We're not number one. Be nice. Yeah, yeah. Which we discovered, and it's interesting because um, Kami Kazam in chat has says, "Why didn't these companies discuss these services with Apple before they were designing them?" And first off, like, why? Why would yeah. they? They have no obligation to. But more importantly, the argument that Microsoft made last week was, "You allow Netflix to stream games on your, or excuse me, Netflix to stream mm-hmm. movies nice. on your service, and you don't require that those movies all go through a certification process." and you're just discriminating against games as an interactive medium. And I thought that that was kind of an interesting but also slightly not sustainable argument from the sense that you don't go to Netflix to buy movies. Right. You don't mm-hmm. buy, there's not another transaction that happens inside Netflix when you are logging into your account. You you pay Netflix separately. Also, even on like Microsoft, you own a store. You have Xbox Live. <laughs> yeah. So you also require people to submit and go through a certification process in order to be on that. But guess what? Do you also go through Netflix movies? No, you don't. You just also have Netflix as an app on your console that yeah. you just allow. So you trying to then be like, but you allow Netflix. Like, so do you. <laughs> like, you're doing the exact same thing. You're just mad that they're doing the same thing to you that you're doing to everybody else. I would love to see what would happen if Apple went to Microsoft and said, we want to put Apple Arcade on Xbox Live oh. and see what would happen in reverse. I have to imagine that Microsoft you know, would put the same procedures in place that Apple did for them. And then it's like, well, now you guys are both just being dumb. But again, you know, my final point, and if you guys have final points you would like, please let me know, but is it's Apple's platform. You play by the rules or you don't put your stuff out on Apple's platform. Like that's just the way the free market enterprise works in the United States. So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, Any other final thoughts? No, I'm here for it. I just break out the popcorn. Let's watch these rich fucks fight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Wait, can we hunger games them because that would be pretty oh, yes. <laughs> all the ceos let's go <laughs> we'll have we, at least a few less billionaires in the world by the time we're done uh, and whoever loses doesn't actually get murdered they just lose their fortune to yeah. charitable causes yeah. exactly <laughs> it's just like we just drain all of your assets goodbye they yeah. only make exactly. a billion dollars instead of a hundred billion dollars <laughs> Yes. I feel like that's generous yeah, of us. Sorry. Really. Yeah, it really is. You still have a billion dollars. You can spend that if you try. <sighs> Absolutely. Um, all right. We're going to move on to a couple in case you missed it so we can get to uh, Dear WGG. Brittany, 
You saw some people tweeting about something Call of Duty related? I did, yeah. So Activision will probably announce Call of Duty very soon because they sent a whole bunch of big old crates to certain influencers slash media. And the open date was today at 9 a.m., I believe. And so people are starting to open them online and inside are whole ass projectors from the 1950s with, with a whole bunch of slides inside. And I don't know if all the slides are the same or different, but people online are trying to piece it together and figure out what does it mean? It means you're getting Call of Duty Cold War, but what do I know? Uh, the person who I was following is Charlie Intel on Twitter, and they have a whole bunch of photos of um, of what was inside the box. So it's kind of interesting to think about, but it sounds like, you know, it'll be uh, announced rather soon if you're all excited about it. I mean, it makes sense because guess what? It's fall time a coming. Yeah, it That's is. What that means Call of Duty. It does well, every year like clockwork. Totally. And August is traditionally when we get the multiplayer reveal for Call of Duty, but they do usually announce it in May ahead of E3. Yeah. And I I'm not that got a little bit COVID. Got, got delayed. I mean, why not take the advantage of the delay to announce when you want to? But it also leaks every year like clockwork too. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's true, but. But yeah, so um, Elisa, you uh, super excited for this new Call of Duty? I honest to be completely honest, I'm happy for anybody that's excited, but it's really it's really not in my wheelhouse uh, at all. I'm curious, like I mean, the whole Call of Duty Cold War element. I'm like, is it an alternate universe where there was Cold War combat? Like, is that what they're positioning it as? Yeah, because Coder Chris is in the chat. Call of Duty Cold War, so no guns and just a lot of posturing by opposing <laughs> yeah. governments. <laughs> like I, that, that to me is like the most intriguing part. Because right when you when you said that they got you know slides uh, mm-hmm. and, and re- things referencing the 1950s, I was like, what? What are they doing? So that I'm curious about. I'm more. I guess I'm. More- Call of Duty has now changed. It is no longer a first-person shooter. It is now a, t- a management sim where you are. Oh, <laughs> like, snap. It's called, trying to make your campaign the best. Yeah, it's like Call of Diplomacy is more than <laughs> um, The slide projector is oh, really cool. Like, that's it. Um, yeah. We've yeah. gotten some cool things in our day. I don't think any of us got this crate, but never a projector. No. It's the idea of what do you do with it when you're done? It reminds me of the Resident Evil 7 promo kit that I got from Capcom. They sent me a VHS player and a VHS oh. tape, which is actually pretty cool. But now I have a VHS player and I'm like, ah. Now you have to have a yard sale to get rid of that shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Well, um, we have just a couple other in case you missed it. This was it was actually kind of a big one that I was surprised about, um, but also like probably in the works. So if you are familiar with Capcom and Street Fighter, you know the name Yoshinoro Ono. He has Aww. been a staple at Capcom events for as long as I've been in the gaming community. And I had the pleasure of working with him on a Capcom series. And he and I always exchange hellos whenever we run into each other at events. But he announced that he is officially resigning from Capcom. Wow. So he posted a long tweet. And it's pretty much like his, his full statement here. And um, what it says is... Um, so I'll just actually read just this little blurb from, from Polygon. Street Fighter producer and veteran Capcom developer Yoshinoro Ono has resigned and will leave this summer, he announced on Sunday, so yesterday. He addressed criticism of this year's Capcom pro tournament structure. The format moved entirely online due to the coronavirus pandemic and revealed his impending departure. In his quote, it reads, I've been with the Street Fighter brand for a long time. To those players who've been giving warm and kind support on the brand, especially over the past decade or so, as all of the activity on the Street Fighter brand regained sunshine and grew its liveliness. Um, I feel like I accidentally cut something out here. Hold on. Let me pull up his actual statement. Big old words. Um, there we go. Um, since Capcom Cup in 2013, the Capcom Pro Tour has become an annual event because of its continued tremendous support from the players and fighting game community members in the world. We at Capcom had many internal discussions about the format, and it took a long time for us to decide the format for this year. He continues on a little bit about that. Needless to say, there's been some criticisms. Um, he kind of summarizes it by saying, my heart is filled with appreciation to those that over the past decade or so as all the activities of the Street Fighter brand regains 
Sunshine. Now, after serving almost 30 years at Capcom, I'm leaving the company this summer. This means I will resign my position as the brand manager for Capcom's various titles, including Street Fighter. Aww. Yeah. Ray of Sunshine, that man. He is. Onosan is just one of those faces that is always so full of excitement and joy and seeing him at Evo every year is always so great and he you know he's always bopping around E3 and I just you know it's going to be a bummer that he's no longer associated with that but maybe this is an opportunity for him potentially to take some time off and do some things for for himself and his family but also like for him to maybe explore working on something new and different yeah I was going to ask if there's anywhere you could envision him landing or maybe it's like an entirely new venture that he spearheads I hope That's he a great question. lands on a very sandy beach in Bora Bora <laughs> with tropical waters and a nice breeze. Just hang out there for a while, sir. You put in the time. Relax. Yes. Go have a go have a nice break first. Yeah. Yeah. Have a break. But I feel like so many of the entrepreneurs that have been in games for multiple decades don't rest on their laurels. They take a break, but then they come back rearing ready to go. Like I'm really excited to see what Reggie Fizeme is going to come back oh, yeah. and do, for example. I know that he's been announced as being a board member or an advisor to a bunch of companies, yeah. but like I would like to see him really spearhead an initiative. And perhaps, you know, Onosan is going to take this opportunity to look at where the FGC has evolved to where it is today and say, what can I do to elevate the FGC and bring fighting games, you know, to the forefront of esports? I mean, I think that that's maybe an insurmountable task, but uh, I think esports in general is an area that is doing nothing but growing and expanding. And FGC has long been kind of this little tiny corner of what esports has done. And it's a very, you know, vivacious corner, but it really is kind of dwarfed next to shooters and MOBAs. And maybe, you know, he wants to look at how to expand that and make it grow and make it bigger. Mr. Yasman says, what if Ed Boone hires him? <laughs> oh, uh, Listen, I think that their experience is comparable. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, when you're putting Street Fighter up against Mortal Kombat, yeah. I think they're equally important franchises. I, I, would, I just think that there's there's 30 years of allegiance, though. I, if man, wouldn't wouldn't that mm. be just the most romantic thing if he threw it all away? And he's like, I'm a Mortal Kombat <laughs> man now. <laughs> that, I mean, that would maybe be the shock of shocks. Yeah, honestly. pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, he like makes a video of him lighting all of his Street Fighter merchandise on fire. Oh, Lord. Like, I'm done with you. <laughs> Uh, I I, I don't see I don't see that as as the thing that's happening but uh, uh, continuing on our final story our little news blurb I should say is all about the follow guys the follow guys guys. (laughs) Uh, Brooke can you recap this little graphic that you've put on I can so follow guys (laughs) I literally did not mean to do that I tried to play it off like it was a joke but I literally fucked up said follow guys fall guys has sold two million copies on steam 1.5 1.5 million crowns have been grabbed, 60 million fallen fall guys, and 23 million hours watched on Twitch. Wowzers. This game's doing that real good. That is impressive. That's so exciting. I love this. It's such a wholesome little thing. I mean, look at these little dudes. Do these dudes have an actual name? Or are they just called fall guys? They're probably just I called think fall guys. I, yeah. think, I okay. think they're just called fall guys. Okay. Right? I mean, there's this one so, wearing a little hamburger's costume. Oh, my God. Brittany, did you not watch any of our Fall Guys content from yesterday's stream? <gasps> I did watch it, Andrea, but I was going okay, over good. the pass and service so was that, very spotty. That is part of the fast food pack, which is okay. a DLC pack. But I do love how the Fall Guys Twitter account has been retweeting all of these dream fan arts and also dream collabs that brands are putting forth about like if we yeah yeah, let me go back to i'll go back to the um to the fall guys main uh twitter page here so we can kind of take a look at it i'll scroll through but yeah so there's a bunch of different um brands that have been submitting things oh my god the colonel sanders (laughs) yeah yeah the colonel sanders is is pretty good (laughs) pretty good oh no shrek Oh no! Oh, I didn't see. I didn't see the Shrek. Hold on, I'm losing track of my mouse here. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! The th- the three wolf moon fall fall guys. This, is so that cute. one's so good. It's so cute. I, oh, I want it, them to put that on a t-shirt. That's pretty uh, good. Hold on, let's keep going. Oh, oh, fun! Oh Shrek! Oh yes, my god! I'm down for it. I'm here for it. Problem is, you can't keep opening these because then it's. 
<laughs> I know, right? Then, oh, the magma outfit. I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch. Oh, is this baked beans? Oh my god, why? Why baked beans? <laughs> a bean for a bean, it says. <laughs> so funny. But it's um yeah, because they kind of like look like little beans. But we had a blast playing it. Elise, have you been playing Fall Guys at all? It's so addictive. And it's been a while since I've had a game where, you know, you you die and then immediately you just you do that, okay, one more try. One more try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially when it's like it's a game where you have to reload into a game. So it's not even an, an immediate one more try. It like takes that extra step. Um I think it's it's exactly what we re- we need right now. Um, <laughs> like coming up, I'm I'm over Animal Crossing. Not in a, not in a negative way. I just mm. it was wonderful and it gave me everything the 300 hours I needed in quarantine. <laughs> but I do feel like Fallout. Or, oh my gosh, I'm doing an. See, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I did it in an email the other day. I feel like Fall Guys <laughs> is kind of like now the the na- game we need to sort of passively interact and hang out with people we know. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely past like Zoom fatigue and and all that. Where I, I'm the novelty of like hanging out with people in a Zoom chat. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of done with this. But just being like, jump on Fall Guys and let's all, um, you know, just be be dummies doing scream this. at other people. Yeah, it's a, I, I think it's pretty like much fantastic. It's yeah. so addictive. Yeah. I'm- we we had some epic moments yesterday, as I mentioned at the top of the show. I saw Coder Chris say that Steimer's song was all I needed, and I would say to you, Coder Chris, which one? There were several there that were, were gold yesterday. The tail one is one I saw too on Twitch. That one was good. The no no zone? No, are wasn't you guys there? Getting well, mad? Was... Are you getting mad playing it? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. I I had a few choice words for. Oh, you did. Some other folks. What was that? Oh, you said with the furry one. The furry one. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, you're like, you're a dumb bitch or something like. I was yeah. like, oh dang. <laughs> yeah, I have a bit of road rage, but it falls. I fall, guys. I like don't have the. I feel like I don't have the streak I need to be like really good at it, which is I I'm not necessarily like targeting other people or like you know for example in the level where it's like. Um, Stand on the like. There's the image on the the uh, monitor. Yeah, the just, the color match thing. Yeah, or the fruit match thing. and you have to stand on the correct icon. I don't try to push people off. I'm just trying to get my own little space <laughs> in the world, make it through myself. <laughs> yes. I'm not trying to you know take anybody else down. I'm like I'm just gonna do my thing, and I and I feel like that's a streak that I'm missing to truly like excel at this game. You're just not being a dick. It's going to hold you back. But it's part of the game. I I feel like people that that play that way, it's it's not even being a dick. That's just how the game's supposed to be played. And I'm right. Yeah. I just don't have it. (laughs) Don't have it in you. That's fair. Yeah. The the griefing aspect of the game is simultaneously funny and infuriating. And (laughs) I'm glad, though, that, you know, my primary platform is on console because we're not having the what seems to be rampant cheating problems that are happening on PC because... Uh, some really enterprising PC players have figured out ways to kind of break the game, including with gamer tags and how they had to make everybody generic fall guy with a set of numbers because people were changing their names to be really terrible things. And I'm like, why can't, why can't we just be respectful human beings? Is that so hard to ask? It's such a wholesome game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm with you. Wholesome. Um, Tommy, this is a weird, that's a weird fetish question that we're not going to ask on the show. Goodbye, uh, Tommy. Sorry. You are gone. Ain't nobody yeah. got time for that. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> I love you, Brittany. It's like, goodbye forever. I mean, I lean into it on my own personal channels um, because I know that there's people that are interested in this, but not here. Not at What's Good Games. No. Um, and there's no shame. If you if you like feet, that's okay. Yeah. If you don't like feet, that's a thing. But, you know, we're we not going to talk, talk about, about here. We're not going to talk about our feet on no, the show just for feet, you. It's so. guys. <laughs> it's not What's Good what's Feet. feet? Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So let's ask a couple of questions. I know we're, we only have a few minutes left in the show, but... Elise, I would personally like to know if you could make any dream content, what would producer Elise want to make? Like, what is the one thing that you're like, I've always wanted to make this show, but I haven't gotten the opportunity to yet? Um, It sucks because, like, there are shows that I've pitched to Rooster Teeth that due to budget or any some or the other constraint haven't been able to get made. But I probably shouldn't talk about them publicly because <laughs> right that's fair um, yeah, yeah. That's but fair. uh like for me I, I mean i like personal stuff aside from outside of gaming i've always wanted to work in a in a 
sitcom writer's room. Like that to me is kind of one of the dream jobs. Um, but in terms of like, you know, the, the space that we're in and making content, uh, I'll just say, I think that if someone were to make a show that was like American Gladiators mixed with, you know, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Dude! And that would be pretty awesome. I, I, I mean, somebody somebody might have tried to make that. Out. <laughs> but uh, it's Have you seen Titan expensive. Games? Yes, I have. Um, and James is really, really into it because anything that involves like someone who is uh, incredibly strong, he's into. <laughs> he's like, yes, let's just watch this. And I watched some of the yeah. No, the Titan Games wasn't the Sylvester Stallone one. No, that's it? the one with The Rock and Golden Boy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, so that that's The Rock's essentially version of American Ninja Warrior. So it's not quite, you know, oh, American gladiators. There's not really like a lot of like head to head stuff where people are going against, you know, other uh, people, but they do like race, race through an obstacle course. I did see so. that. I do think that if somebody were to take that element and then add a lot of story and character and personality to it, it would be really fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough in quarantine now to think of like these big dream ideas too. I know, mm-hmm. I know I'm sure you guys have been there where you're, you're like, well, this, we had all this stuff planned and now it's sort yeah. of on the back burner or down the drain. So. Mm-hmm. I actually just watched legends of the hidden temple, an old rerun a couple days ago. That's such a good show. Like on TV? Yeah. On YouTube. Oh. I, uh, I, I was a little bored. I'm like, what can I do? I know. I'll just like, ah, yes. I'll just, just watch this. Jaguars uh, are doing. Oh yeah. The white, was it the white snakes? Was that the other? One? Oh man. That'd be awesome. There were lots. Green Jaguars? Maybe. I don't know what you're talking about. Legends of the Hidden Temple? Did you ever watch that? Yeah, it's been a long time, I'm going to admit. Each team had a different color in an animal. Yeah. So it was like Mm. the purple monkeys or something. Like, I don't don't remember the colors associated with the animals, but they all had a a color in an animal. That's a good show. Do you think, like, Fall Guys is fulfilling that MXE void? Definitely. (gasps) MXE! Oh, my God. Yes! Yes! Oh, I love that show. So good. This is definitely going over my head now. It's okay. Oh, MXC, some of the funniest shit you'll ever watch. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, it was basically Fall Guys, but with humans. We're mm-hmm. like, it was a Japanese uh, game show, and it would it was from the 80s, I think. And it was like, okay, there, there are 30 people that are just running this course at the same time. And they have to jump over these obstacles. Or like, there's the Fall Guys level where you have to dive through the wall. And you have to hope you choose the wall that is breakable, collapsible. It's like courses yeah. like that but it's they I did, definitely they did something similar here uh called wipeout too it was it ran for a few years here i saw oh wipeout. Yeah. yeah i saw i saw wipeout for sure yeah yeah so but yeah the japanese game shows are super crazy and out of control in the best way yeah. i mean that's where you know ninja warrior came from oh yeah yeah so that, yeah, that's always a fun show to watch because you're just like, hey, yeah. If you like watching strong people, you definitely yeah. would like watching American Ninja Warrior. You're just like, what are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. It's yeah, it's always so amazing to me that there's some people that go onto the course that are clearly very in shape, but there's just specific obstacles that just trip people up, and then you'll get like this one like super nimble person that like runs through and just like breezes through that obstacle, and you're like, Man. well, ninjas weren't beefy. Yeah, I mean, true. you know, yeah. like they weren't like bodybuilders. They they were light and nimble, and you yeah, it's like one of those things where if you weigh a little too much, even if it's up, if it's muscle. You having to pull yourself up on a thing like takes infinitely more effort than somebody who's a little bit smaller. That's true. That's a very mm-hmm. good point. Um, I do want to give just a, a, a shout out. We don't normally do this to Punctified, who gifted 10 subs while we were talking to Elise about her, her dream show of Indiana Jones, American Gladiators mashup. Uh, so thank you for that. But that does bring us to the end of the show. Elise, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for coming by and doing the show with us today. We would love to have you back. And we would also love a rematch, I think. I think I was a, particularly yes. a little bitter that we lost to that one question at the so, end. It was so close. I would love it too. And I mean, I guess it's, I guess the scoring system doesn't always work in your favor. So I do feel like you all played a better game than we did, but then just kind of got like beefed at the end. Uh, I would love it. <laughs> yeah. You you were all so good on that. And and it was the kind of thing where you had like en- endless lists of answers. Uh, 
which we we like were just stretching. But thank you so much for having me on this. It was great. I am so awkward and on the remote stuff in quarantine. So I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm like, you're not awkward at all. What are you talking about? So I I don't know how if you guys have gotten used to it, but I still haven't gotten used to the you know trying to not speak over somebody or when when to interject. Oh, so sorry. Well, audio what's been? In- no, you don't have to be sorry. I mean, the great news is that because I edit the audio, a lot of that is is something that we can work around. But what's good games has been shooting our video like this since what's good games launched in May of 2017. And so when the pandemic happened and we saw all of our peers in the scrambling. industry and also like broadcast professionals yeah. scrambling to do it all remotely, we're over here like. LOL. We've been doing this for years. We know exactly how tough it is. But it does take some practice to get to know kind of like where the delays happen. And as you know, as somebody who's worked on teams in panel shows for a long time, you kind of have to develop that synergy with your co-hosts as well and kind of feeling like you know, where it's okay to kind of step in and where it's not. And sometimes you just got to step on people and then apologize for it. You know, I'm certainly guilty of that. And it's not intentional most of the time because, you know, as you mentioned, internet is hard. And yes. video on internet is double hard. I always like to just do a quick interjection yeah. and then I bounce out of it. Yeah. Like, you go back to do what you were saying. Yeah. I'm just going to make a funny right here. I just leave that. Okay, <laughs> no, sometimes Sam, she puts up her like little statement finger. She's like, excuse me. I'm like, I'm oh, going yeah. to interrupt you, but it's going to be quick and you'll be <laughs> so able to So then when I see that. Go back to what you were saying in just a second. I know yeah. I got to wrap up. Simon's <laughs> like a comedy ninja. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> dude oh, that's you. the best that's ever so nice. comedy ninja that's fucking perfect for you that's oh my God. lower third i think it is comedy Ooh, ninja like you're no longer the salty one you're now the comedy ninja i like this i like, I like it too yeah it's a great it's a evolution good, it's a good rebrand well um, i mean salty comedy ninja oh okay yeah. we, can them. We, we can do all three sure why not <laughs> i like it um so elise where can people find you and all of the content that you work on uh, so on Funhouse, youtube.com slash funhouse and roosterteeth.com on the Funhouse page. Um, I'm on Twitter at Elise Willems and IG there too. And then uh, James, who is my coworker at Funhouse and incidentally husband, uh, we also do some <laughs> stuff just for fun on his YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash James Willems stuff. Uh, we do like trivia nights and that mostly because of quarantine boredom. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Awesome. And we'll put those links in the notes for you guys. If you want to go check out all of their content, please do. It's a lot of good quality content over there. And uh, we look forward to setting up more content with you in the future. But for now, we're going to say goodbye and hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We will see you later. Bye, everybody.